0: You're listening to Campus Review Radio.
1: Hi, I'm Lauren Smith, Education Editor. Today I spoke to Professor Peter Dawkins. He's the Vice-Chancellor of Victoria University, which houses the Mitchell Institute. That institute put out a report today showing how school leavers are costing the economy billions of dollars a year. I was hoping you could tell me about the demographic characteristics of the disengaged population and of the early school leavers.
0: So fair bit of crossover there. There is probably two main points. One is disproportionately low socioeconomic status background. So um, so people from low socioeconomic households, which also gives it a geographical uh, concentration as well into more low socioeconomic areas. Um, the second feature that I'll particularly comment on is that um, one of the distinctive features of the of the 24-year-old disengaged group that aren't in uh, full-time uh, employment or in education training is actually disproportionately female. Um, so, uh, you know, that's a significant concern for the, the female population. And um, so those are two two main facts I can share with you.
1: Very broadly, can you outline the main reasons for the report's main findings?
0: One of the problems, of course, is that in the old days, when I say in the old days, you know, in the 20th century, people who uh, who didn't manage to be successful in education still often got jobs because there were a lot of unskilled jobs, but there aren't anymore. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's a serious cost to the society. And it also shows, you know, the benefits that can be obtained from actually turning that around and actually getting young people to be successful in the in the education system and more engaged ultimately with the world of work
1: on abc news radio i heard a clip of you saying that traditional work has become less relevant can you explain what you meant by this and how it relates to the report's findings i think you sort of touched on this in your previous answer
0: largely due to changes in technology being in the information age jobs of the future are gonna look very different from jobs of the past. And we need a workforce that is very adaptable, very agile, very flexible, very good at problem solving, very good at adapting to new technologies. And we need a workforce in which, you know, the, the unique skills of individuals are fully exploited, where we make the best of people's outstanding talents. I think, you know, in the old kind of industrial age, we tended to educate people for, more routine skills drill age and a lot of those skills and capabilities being replaced by new technology so we need the education system to adapt now it it's starting to and I think it's showing signs of progress but you know I think it's got a long way to go and uh, to um, support young people to have those 21st century skills
1: the report also stated that it is clear that u12 achievement is largely locked in by age 25. If you do not achieve an equivalent qualification by then, you are unlikely ever to. Why is 25 such a crucial age in this respect?
0: Well, I mean, that just comes through from the evidence. So analysis of the HILDA survey shows that uh, that if you haven't completed year 12 equivalent by 25, turns out you're very unlikely to go on and do it subsequently, which I think makes good intuitive sense because if you think about it you know the aim of the school system is to have you complete year 12 by age 18 19. now you know at that stage we've got 75 percent through um if you go between you know the ages of 19 and 24 we're talking another five-year period and you know if if people haven't been successful in the school system that five-year period is critical for getting them to achieve year 12 equivalent largely through the, the vocational education system and um and really you know five years should be adequate to do that and if they haven't done it in that time, the chances are you know that they're not going to going to do it after that.
1: What are some potential solutions to this problem? I know that for instance, BU invests heavily in school to university transition programs and also first year university student support.
0: really it's a whole of system approach that's needed so Some of these problems go back to early childhood, particularly for students from poorer, lower socioeconomic backgrounds. um, They've often fallen behind even before they start school, and uh, that's why investment in early childhood development is so important. But then the adolescent period is another critical phase when students have a high potential to get disengaged and distracted by other things, and um, the school system needs to be more engaging and, I think, needs to develop their life skills I was the chair of a committee back in um, 2007 that developed a thing called the Melbourne Declaration which said that what we need to achieve for our young people is to make them successful learners, but also confident and creative individuals, active and informed citizens. And I think increasingly the case that unless you support them to be confident and creative and active and informed, they're not going to be successful learners. So you've got to sort of educate the whole child and exploit their individual unique talents, which requires a more kind of flexible, creative, uh, adaptive, school system and if schools are able to do that then you know that learning skills and literacy and numeracy can follow so I think that's that's the kind of reform that's starting to happen we're starting to see it happen in some of the most progressive and exciting schools and something that now needs to be supported to spread across the system then you know after that school period then the tertiary system is critical to both further develop people's capabilities for the world of work and for those that haven't quite made it yet to get them engaged in the kind of training and education that will get them connected to the world of work and that's where the VET system and the higher education system both have a critical role to play to support young people to transition either from school into that tertiary studies or if they haven't been successful in school to help them get back those that, that, that enthusiasm and that connection with the kind, of skills and capabilities they need. So, yeah, the sorts of things we're doing at Victoria University at the dual-sector university in, um, in having a strong vocational system, a uh, vocational offer, as well as good transition programs and particularly su- strong support in first year, which is a critical period where students often drop out, you know, is, is, is absolutely central, yeah.
1: Lastly, how would the cost of fixing this issue compare to its current costs to taxpayers?
0: Look, I think that it wouldn't take a large amount of extra investment to get things to change. I think that we're already investing quite heavily in the school system. We probably do need to invest more in the vocational system. And I also think that in higher education, we need to Try and avoid cuts to higher education spending and also we need to ensure that we're investing in those students that need extra support so there are significant investments there but compared to the return that could be had from getting young people more engaged in education throughout primary secondary tertiary the return you can see from these cost figures of the, of the loss would potentially be very high if we can get this right
1: thank you so much all right thank you good
0: to talk to you